Welcome to This Seriously Sucks, the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. In these interview episodes, people who've been through major traumas and events that derailed their lives talk about times when they didn't want to go on and share how they did. All our guests are at least 10 years past their big this. They keep it real, pull no punches, and share what they wish they had known when they were in the middle of their this. Now, here is your host, the author of This Is Not The End, who knows what it feels like to want it to be the end, Nina Sossaman Pogue. Yes, this is the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. And I'm so glad you found us. Thank you for sharing some time here. On this podcast, we talk about some of the lowest moments of very successful people, the major life events that rock their world and how they got through them. We can all learn from their stories of resilience. And this season, we're also weaving in some post-pandemic strat strategies because we know a lot of folks have been through a tough time. And for today's guest, I have adjusted my usual parameters of the age requirement and being 10 years past your biggest this because I just love this woman and wanted her on my show. Uh, today's guest is Sunshine Bella Goodman, and she is a transgender woman. She is a speaker and an advocate for full acceptance. She also is a salon owner and an entrepreneur and a master stylist, just super talented human. And we met, gosh, three, four years ago at an event, I oh, doing a march, and it was hot as hell uh, in the middle of the summer doing a march for women's, march for women's lives or a million women march, one of those. Uh, and uh, I just am thrilled to have her on today. Thank you so much for joining me, Sunshine. Well, thank you for having me. It, yeah, it was three three years ago, and it was hella hot. It was. It was. <laughs> it was hella hot. It was in Charleston, South Carolina, yeah. and it was outside for many hours and very, very warm. And we kept walking. I remember walking and going, how much further is this? Right. How much further? <laughs> it seemed like it was never going to end. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, we really mean this, and we want to be here, but yeah. how, how long is this walk? Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. We like to start with the really positive things when I introduce a guest of all your success and being an entrepreneur and a business owner and the work that you're doing now as an advocate. And we put that all out there so the audience knows you know, who you are and how to relate to you. But I think the most relatable thing about many of our guests are some of the tough things that they've been through. So let's start there. Share with me a tough time that you went through where you read to really kind of struggle to get to the next chapter of your life. So that would be when I moved to LA. <laughs> a lot mm -hmm. of people don't know that I moved to LA. Moved to LA. I didn't know I that. Moved to LA in 2014 because I wanted to pursue, uh, you know, this big career as a celebrity stylist, and you know, I, I didn't I didn't leave with much money. I had a lot of support, but when I got, of course, when I got to LA, it was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I was technically, technically, I was homeless in LA. Um, I didn't have, a, I didn't have a physical address. It took me some time to uh, get a job, and it's so funny because I, I applied. I was passing out flyers in the mall, and I applied for a job at like a like a makeup kiosk, and I never heard from them. So I was like, oh my, like, geez, like this is what I do, and I never heard from them. And so one day I went, I was in, I was in the mall, walking through the mall. And the girl was like, oh my God, I was looking for you, but we couldn't find your resume. And I'm just happy that you're, that you're, that you're here. And so I got that job, but 
I mean, that wow. was that was an uplifting point, but it got really tough. Like I applied for government assistance and it got to the point where literally I was eating one meal a day because I wanted to save the cash that I was making from the stand because I was like, okay, I want to get my own place. I want to make this work. So literally I was down to eating one meal a day, still going to work. Um, still being fat, you know, trying to, you know, trying to be fab and, you know, make it, make it happen. Yeah. All while people in Charleston did not know this was going on. I was living with strangers, never on the street, thank God, but living with strangers, not knowing them. Yeah, it was, it was a really tough time. It's hard because looking at how fab you are now and all the great work that you do like, throughout our community, I would never have imagined that you'd gone through that tough a time. And now you have, did you know anybody in LA when you went out there? Did you just jump and go so okay so i knew i knew a few people in la um i I, one of my really good friends here tamara her cousin was there so i stayed with her for maybe about two uh, two, about two months um but i knew other people but again of course when you move people people always promise you all these different things you know when you get out here i'm gonna look out for you and (laughs) you know it's gonna be this that i'm gonna put you on and when i got to la it was like Crickets. Crickets. Where where is the where is the help? You know, how like how do I do how do I make this work? And it just really for me at the time, like I was going to a church here in Charleston and I was kind of getting sucked in a little bit. And so going to LA, I realized that for me, God wanted to separate me from that ministry. And he wanted me to really depend on him. Like I do believe that, you know, whatever your spiritual belief is having a spiritual relationship of some kind definitely helped me in LA. Cause like I said, I stayed literally with strangers. Um, there was one bus driver. He saw me one day, I think he was low key trying to hit on me, but he saw me, he was like, no, if you ever need help, you know, reach out. And I was in a position where I needed help and I had his number and I called him and I was like, Hey, I'm in a place, I'm gonna be put out, I need help, can you, whatever you can do. And he allowed me to stay with him for a couple of months, uh, rent free, but literally, I don't know this man. He could have he could have done right. anything. Yes, psycho killer. Sleep. You could have been chained up in the bathroom for the next six months, girl. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I, like, I don't like, anything could have happened, Like, but, but I'm grateful that it didn't happen like that. He did end up, he right. did end up putting me out, but, but, but yeah, I'm grateful that nothing, traumatic happened so so in those times when you were you know trying to live for your dream and going after it but then having really difficult times um how did you get through it what kept what kept you going why didn't you just turn around and come back to charleston where you knew there were people that knew you and why how did you push forward call you know i called some friends and you know i didn't share with everybody but i called some friends and they were like you know you have to give it a fair chance like you haven't been there long enough to say, well, you failed, you know? So, you know, talking to friends and just want, wanting to make it, like really wanting to make it. Like I'm in LA, I'm, I'm you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away from Charleston. I've, I had never been that far away from home. And I just had to really like dig within and believe that I could make this work. And, and honestly, getting that job, like, so I had a panic attack. I was like, you know, I, I, this is not going to work. Um, I'm, and, I, and I bought a plane ticket. I did. <laughs> I yeah. bought a plane ticket and I was like, you know, I'm coming back to Charleston and I'm just going to be done with this. Let me just go back. And I spoke to another friend of mine and they were like, no, do not do that. 
And when I tell you, I messed my money up. The little bit of money that I did have buying that plane ticket and something, I can't remember exactly what happened, but something happened with the plane ticket that I wasn't able to get my money back right away. Oh no. So that the money that I did have dwindled down. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I got to figure something out. So I called people and they kind of helped me, you know, figure it out. And getting that job in that mall was like the silver lining. Amazing. You know, getting that, yeah, getting that job in the mall was still I was like, okay, well, uh, this is not what I want to do, but it's a step towards the right, in the right direction. Right. Got you going and kept you going for a while. Yes. For a while. Yes. Now you have a very supportive mom. I know that because I see you post about her every once in a while. Um, and did friends and family, how important were the people around you when you were in tough places? Like you said, you called a friend and that made me think, it's nice to have a few, we all need a few, a handful of people that we can call and talk to. It, it is nice to, it is nice to have support. Um, my family, of course, in the beginning, they were like, oh, it's a long way from home. What are you going to do? If something happens to you, we can't get, we can't get to you right away. But I've always been a, been a go against the grain person. I've always been strong-willed, independent. So my family, they know like, okay, if she's, if she's going to say, if she says that she's going to do something, she's going to do it. Like she's going to right. make it happen. And I think they just, tr they trusted me enough to make this decision and that if it really got, if it really got tough, then I would let them know. And I think my, and I think it was my mom, honestly, I think she was the one like, well, you know what, just come home and you know, it's going to be fine. And my friend was like, no, don't do that. Like you have to give yourself a fair chance to make this happen for you. People have always spoken into my life and it's like, you know, that people have always said, well, I see more and they're piled things like, you know, I want you to do this and I can see you doing this. So I was like, you know, if, he, if they can see it, I have to see it. If they, can see, if they can see it for me, I have to see it. And I have to give myself a fair enough chance to see what I can truly make happen for myself. Sometimes the people around us see our strengths more than we see them ourselves. And, yes. some, and so it's good to reach out and find out, you know, what other people are seeing so they can, you can tap into that. Yeah. People you trust. Yes. Yes. People you trust. Yes. Not yes people. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't 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 just go with the yes people. That'll be dangerous. To have a few people who can see, even when you're doubting yourself, to see in you something bigger than what you think you can do. Because there's a lot more in all of us than we think there is. Until we really, you know, staying in our comfort zone is the easy thing, and we we won't become all we can be if we stay there. Yeah. Well, so you did the LA thing, and and being a stylist, and you wrote a book at one point. You've done a lot in your very limited number of years from an older person, I'll tell you that. Um, so you have, you, you've taken the time to, to write this book and put things out there to help other people through, you know, things that they're going through. What, what made you want to do that? Did you want to kind of write the book and put it out there? So uh, yeah, I'm a very, I'm a very, very spiritual person. And I believe, I, I know that God told me to do it, but I sat on it for a while. And I went to um, uh, one, of my, one of my really good friends, uh, he's in New York, Elliot. Uh, he, he invited me to come hear his, his pastor speak. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. And he called me out. And he's like, you know, um, he, he said to me, he said to me at that time, I, I was maybe, I wasn't even 30 yet. And he said to me, he said, you know, you've been through enough already in your life to help someone else. And he's like, you know, you're going to write a book about it. And I was like, oh. here it is again. I was like, okay, this is coming back. And he actually gave me the, he gave me the title, Three Seasons of Life. He kind of gave, he gave it to me. And I was like, okay, 
Um, and then, of course, I, I, I went home and I, re- I made some notes. But I was like, you know, and it, and it kept coming to me. Like, I kept meeting people. Like, it, I kept meeting people that needed the book. And so I finally sat down and do it because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I, if I just had my book in my hand, I could give it to this, to this person. And it would so help. It, they would, it would help them. But I kept, I kept running to people, like, in the grocery store, um, in the salon that I was in at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, it just, it would not, it would not leave me alone. Like it was almost haunting. Like you have to sit down, you have to get this out. Um, and it's not a long book. It's not a long, it's not a long at all. It has questions in there that you can ask yourself. These are questions like self-evaluations because I really was important for me for people to see themselves, to see you, to ask yourself, do the, do the work. Like it's important to do the work for yourself and ask yourself the, t- the tough questions and not bury everything. Like I was one of the individuals who buried a lot of stuff. And once I started asking myself these serious questions, it really helped me to heal. Like we, I feel like we all, we're always healing, but it helped the healing process to go back and ask myself these questions and, and, and answer them for yourself. It's okay to talk to yourself. Yes, yes. You're the only person that's always in your head. Yes, right. So it's, it's, quite, over, it's quite all right, but you have to see it. When, when it's written down, you can see it. And then it, and then it's, 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 it, makes it, it makes it real, it's tangible when you write it down. It's interesting. My book came about the same way. I kept uh, helping people and running into people in my life, or I'd be at work and someone would schedule a sink on my calendar for 30 minutes. And it would be because their life was falling apart. They wanted me to help them through something. And so I got to the point where I thought I can only, I got to be able to do more than help people one at a time. If I wrote this all down and I could help more people. So very similar journey to the, to what you did to put that all in writing so I could help more people with my lived experiences and the things that I had learned, you know, because you learn a lot of it by going it wrong, as you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, by not asking those tough questions. So give me one. What is, uh, what's an example of one of the tough questions that you have people ask themselves? Do you mind sharing that? Um, how are you being introduced? People never think about how they're being introduced. Like when you, when you're not when you're like how are people and when people like, like that's how you really know how people how people respect you and how they how they perceive you is how they introduce you to other people. Because hmm. um, like when you when, like when you introduce someone to someone you know they like hey this is Nina but you have to really listen to what this person says when they're introducing you like like even today like with the interview you made sure it was important for you to introduce me the right way. So you ask me certain things, but beyond, beyond that, based off, based off your personal experience with me, you already knew what you, were going to, what you were going to say. And I feel like that's important because how you, how you live your life, and it determines how people are introducing you. Cause that's important because right. that is like, okay, so if you, if you and I are standing here and I'm introducing you to someone else, I'm essentially your, your first impression to this person. So whatever I tell this person about you <laughs> is going to be it's going to be what they their first impression and it has and it should be good. It should be something that you should become you should you should look at this person and say okay this person really cares or they really respect me and that that you know and if it's something that you can that you respect or that you like but that you're proud of yeah then yeah, because that's what you're putting out into the world. If that's how people right. are saying, okay, now I have to know if I screwed this up and you're allowed to tell me that I did. I also, I, I think I started with, I have to go back and 
listening. So I'm not sure exactly. I think I started with you were a trans woman, but that's how you like on your social media. That's how you say it. So I might have cut and pasted from your, I might have cut and pasted some stuff from your social media. But I like, if I introduce you out in public, I, don't, I would not start with that, obviously, but as a no. guest on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, so is that a bad thing? Like, like totally rip it apart. That's interesting. So, so in situations like this, for me and every, every trans, every, every person of a trans experience is going to be different. For me, because I have a, um, a, a deeper voice, I don't mind people saying that because then it, it, it won't, like, I, it won't distract from when people hear me. Because had you not said that and they heard my voice, they would be focusing more on what my gender, what my gender is over oh. what I'm saying. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. And then I, now I'm replaying it in my head too. And when I introduced you to my son's fiance and all, you know, her girlfriends at an event recently, I just introduced you as Sunshine just because I said, so this right. is my and friend. So, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so in my head, I'm like, like no, now I got to replay it all and think about how I introduced you. Mostly they were just obsessing over your outfit. So there was that. You had on this. But, but see, in, in things like shorts. that, it's, it's comfortable, it's free. Like you and I have a personal relationship. So I wouldn't expect that. Now, it was a again, if it's, I, for me, and I've, and I've spoken about this before, this is just me. If I'm entering, if I was, if I was coming to your home and there were going to be people there and they, they do not, they don't know me, I don't mind you telling them before I get there, hi, my, son, my friend Sunshine is coming over and she's a, she's a woman of a trans experience or she's transgender. That way, when I come in, a lot of people, a lot of people have not had, had an experience with someone who's transgender. So they don't know what they don't, right. they, they, they already have in their mind um, what they think we look like, first of all. <laughs> yeah. So when they, you know, or what they think we sound like, or what, they already have it already made up in their mind. So if you, as an ally, say, introduce them before I get there, so when I come in, it's not an awkward space for me. Because I've, I've had some situations that I've come into, and the person hasn't told them, and then they're looking at me in my face, and they're like, okay. And then they hear my voice, and they're like, okay, well, what's up? something is going on here. And right. so now I'm, I, now I'm on guard, because I'm like, okay. Is this a is safe this space? A Do they, like, yeah, that's very right. different. Like, that's very different. Is this the problem for you? Like, is this the problem for you? So I, don't, I, I came to have a good time. I came to eat, and now I got to be on guard, because I, I don't know what your feeling is. Now I got to be careful so, every word out of my mouth, and like, right. <laughs> like whatever. Oh, that's interesting. But, I hadn't ask, thought about it. But you asked. But you know, asking... Is, is and you asked in a respectful way. I don't mind, and, and most most people don't mind as long as you ask, and we and we can tell it from a place of love and respect. Yeah, I mean, how can you be mad? How can you be mad at that? Exactly, exactly. Well, that's interesting. So, in your book, you talk about all of us, not you know, trans community uh, only, but all of us looking at how you're being introduced. Like, are you being introduced as a friend, as a as a mentor, as a as a good person, I guess all the yeah. things you want to be proud of. Like I'm trying to think yes. how people introduce me and I want to be like a, a good friend and I want to be a good mentor and I want to be just a fun person and a kind person. Um, but who knows what people really say about me behind my back. <laughs> but uh, that's so interesting. All right, so that was in there. What was one of the other things? Give me one more thing from your book. If you had met, because oh. you said you would run into people in the salon and think they need my book. What were people needing? Yes. Like if, for listeners that, that may be listening, there's someone out there who needs to hear something. So I've been through repossession. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally. Wow. I have been, I mean, knock on my door. We are here to pick up your vehicle. And, oh my. you know, again, so because, like I said, I've had people tell me, you, I do it effortlessly, effortlessly. And I want people to understand that everyone is going through something. Right. 
do not just like base your life off of what you see because even so even even the most popular celebrity has traumas and had things that they're dealing with so i, I never want people to, i never wanted people to put me on a pedestal so to speak so i wanted them to understand that i went through this and this was taught tough like i literally had to catch the cab i literally had to catch the city bus because i didn't because my vehicle was taken away like i was having a hard, a hard time I was a salon owner then. Right. Well, and people meet me when I, you always look fantastic when I meet you. There's very few people I hang out with that made me feel like short and ugly, but you always look fabulous and tall. And you are cool. not short and um, ugly. <laughs> without, make, without makeup, you are still a beautiful, still still a beautiful woman. Like, you know, so I, like, yeah. So you're you know, totally going to style me now, though, now that I know you. You hold your own. So that's, that's what's important. <laughs> but in general, though, people would meet you and think, wow, she's got it all together. Like, you know, you always look the part. And when I see you, you've done a lot of emceeing at events and done a lot of um, advocacy work here in our community. So that's where I run into you. And you always look all together. So your message is don't judge a book by its cover and the other way around. I mean, people have their own stuff. Right. Now, it's not that I'm like, I'm broken and falling apart, but you know, also my image is important to me. It right? makes me feel good. Look good, feel good. You know, um, when I'm in, when I'm in front of people, I, I believe, I've, and I've always believed, even my parents instilled to me, like, you should put your, you should put your best foot forward. Like, even when I was like in high school working at the Dairy Queen, okay, did you wash your uniform? Is your uniform ironed? Like, th- like that is important. So, so even now as an adult, like those things never left me, you know, I, when I, I enjoyed make, I enjoy getting dressed, but when you, in, when you're in front of people and mm-hmm. especially, you know, with me being on a, being on a board, like it's important that you represent not only yourself, but for me, also representing the board in the best light possible. So, you know, you know, but you don't want to look like Trump. You know, I can't be out speaking in front of people and I'm looking like, well, damn, like, what the hell is she, <laughs> she, is she going through? What is she going through? Like, she's trying to, yeah. you know, we're here to party, but she looks like she's really, you know, being drugged. So, yeah. So, so yeah, that, but we do. That, so it's, it's a balance. I mean, you always want to look your best, but even when you meet someone looking their best, you got to know they've got their own stuff going on yes. in the background. Okay, yes, I, I can't help it because now I'm totally sidetracked that you worked at Dairy Queen and I just want to soft serve ice cream with sprinkles now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I loved it. I did. I, I, ice cream is like one of my favorite, all-time favorite desserts. I can I can eat it like all year round. And the weirdest thing is I, I crave it more in the wintertime. I don't know what, the, I don't know what that's about. What's that about? <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and that would be fun. How to put that curl on the top. Like that's a standard. Like uh-huh. you have to know how to put that curl on top of the cone. Well, being a stylist, I bet yours were beautiful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nice. Nice. Okay. I digress. We'll get away from ice cream, but you said it. And now my brain just went there. Um, oh, so, so you have the, you know, the, the book forced you to kind of do some hard thinking for yourself and to share those stories. And I do think it, it's really great that it's out there in the world that people can talk about it. But when you meet people nowadays um, with some of the work that you're doing now, so you mentioned you're on the board, you're on the board of AFA, um, Alliance for Full Acceptance. Um, So you're on the board there. uh, But when you run into people nowadays, um, what is probably the best advice that you give people when people come to you and and, and ask you, how do you make it look so easy? You know, it's, it's important that you trust yourself. A lot of people do not trust yourself. You have to trust your wisdom. You have to trust that you know what you know. Um, you know, I am not a, I'm not a college educated person. However, I have a lot of wisdom and I know that I have a lot of wisdom. So I have to trust that the things that I know and the experience that I've had 
regardless, like, you know, you say that I'm a young, I am a younger person, but a lot of times people think because you're younger that you don't have, you know, that you're not, that you're not as wise, that you're, you know, kind of rambunctious and you're just all over the place. But I had to trust that just because I'm not an older person does not mean that my life experience and the things that I've gone through don't hold weight. They're not, that they're, they're not valuable. So I had to, tr- I had to trust myself and trust the decisions that I, that I, that I make for myself. Yeah. And I've heard people also say something similar as you know, what's best for you more than anybody right. else. Like no right. one knows you as well as you know yourself. Yes. And if we listen too much to other people, I don't care how many college degrees they have. <laughs> they right. don't. They don't know you and what's best for you and who you are. Like, yeah. Only you know your strengths. Only you know your weaknesses. And even even acknowledging those things. Being realistic. Be real with be. Listen, if you're not gonna be real with anybody else, be real with you about your shit. Like, yeah. So I am gonna write another book eventually, and the book is gonna be called Own Your Shit. Like, love it. Have to have to own your trauma. Your trauma is yours. Like, no matter how how bad it is. Your trauma is yours. Your your good experiences, your life experiences, it is yours. That's the only thing no no one can take away from you. So own it. And the moment that you, the very moment that you own it, you become a very powerful person. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like seriously, that would like owning your shit will help you to get through a lot of situations that you enter because it's like okay, well, I know how I would handle this. I know I'm okay. I know that. Okay, I probably shouldn't do this because I'm not strong in that area. Or I should do this because I know that I will excel over here. Making those decisions and, and owning it. And it, trust, it will, it will help you out so much just owning your shit. Yep. It's a great name for a book, too. I can't wait till you write it. <laughs> Own your shit. All right. Well, we could probably chat all day, but we are not going to. We are going to wrap up here. And I always wrap up with the, my final three questions. And you've probably touched on some of this. So feel free to like tap into some of the things you said, again, if it makes sense. But this is, I think, what most people tune into this podcast for, kind of our, our final three questions. And the first one is, what would you say, if you go back and whisper in your younger self's ear, what would you say to your younger self? And pick an age um, of what you think that younger is. Maybe it's when you were a teenager or younger, but tell me like what age that would be and when, when you would go whisper something in your younger self's ear. You know, every time I ask this question, it always makes me emotional because like, I didn't have a horrible childhood, but it was tough. Like, it was really tough, like, being bullied and wanting to be accepted. And so I would tell my younger self to, like, one, again, trust yourself. Love yourself. Love every part of yourself. Like, every part of yourself. Like, I was so tough on, like, my personal image. Love yourself because that person who you are is beautiful. And people are going to love you. Like, they're going to love your nose. They're going to love your big teeth. They are gonna. They gonna. They are gonna love your skin. They. They. they like. They're gonna love. They're gonna. They're gonna love who you are as an individual. Um, they're gonna love to hear you speak, like all of those. Just love and embrace who you are because it. You're gonna blossom. Like you really. You're gonna blossom, and it's in the world. It's going in the world. The world is going to love you. So yes. Well, and some people get in dark places and they can't see a future where the world loves them. So stick around for that. It's going to be great. Yes, the, the t- it's yes, maybe tough yes. right hold, now. Like, but... hold, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Trust. It's like, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm very particular on, uh, big on words. And I, I like when things that people say to me, they, they really land. If it's something good, it lands. If it's something tough, it kind of lands. It kind of lands too. Mm-hmm. But that's my love language. So when people say they're going through, 
going through means that there's another side. Absolutely. You have to remember, there is another side to every situation. And you have to believe that, that other the other side of that situation that you're in is going to be gold. It's going to be good. Like, if you just, just hold on to that, going through, remember, going through, that means there is another side, like a tunnel. Okay, you go through a tunnel. You're on one end. The, the, the tunnel, maybe it may be trauma in the tunnel. It may, be, it may be a pothole in the tunnel. But once you get to the other side, it's always light. There's always light at the other side. Absolutely. And don't stop. And like, because right. the one place you don't want to be is in the, in the muck that you're in. So right. keep going. Like, don't yeah. stay where you are. Keep Just keep going. going. Yeah. Have faith that there's the better, better days ahead or a new chapter ahead, as, yes. as I as you always say. Uh, great advice. Okay, so next, one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you were young. So a little different than what you would whisper to yourself. One thing that you know now that you wish you'd have known. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Is that, that I can talk to my parents about anything. Yeah. You know, they would, they, and I made my mother, we had a conversation about this and I told her, I said, you know, my parents, they would always tell me, you know, if you, if you can talk to us about anything. And I, I didn't, I didn't transition into later in life, but in my early phase in my life, like I, I, I hid my sexuality. Like I, I didn't fully embrace my sexuality. And when my parents would ask me, I, I would deny it. And right. so I would, I was, I, if I knew that my mother was still going to love and embrace me for who I was. If I really, if I truly knew that deep down inside, I probably would have came, I came out sooner. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Uh, you, you know that there's people around you who will, are going to love you no matter what. They're your people. Yeah. And trust in your people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And even if she, even if she didn't, there's always going to be someone. There's right. always there's there's always going to be someone someone else to come along. I do believe in surrogate parents, and I believe that you know, whatever you don't have in your biological parents, God will send. He will send. He will send people to fill those spaces. Not necessarily through adoption, but just He will send people in your right. life that will fulfill that that need there. So I, I, and I and I've always had that. Even though I have my parents, He's always sent. He's sent people to me who can nurture me in that way. Yeah, I always feel like you can kind of pick your family. People say you yeah. can, but you really can pick who's going to be who you consider Absolutely. family Absolutely. and who you don't. Okay. Well, and then the final question, one thing that our listeners can do today to help them get through whatever big this, whatever thing that they're going through. So a lot of people tune in because they're going through something really tough. What is one thing they can do today to help them keep going? I say, take a deep breath. First thing, first thing is take a deep breath. Oxygen is so important to the brain. And when you have, when it feels like everything is, is like going to shit and you just can't like, just stop. Just like really just stop. Like wherever you are, just stop and breathe. And if you need to, like if you, if it, I don't give it like five minutes, 10 minutes, take some time to yourself you be, you would be surprised what what can happen in that moment of in that moment just taking that time literally I, I, those of you listening take a physical deep breath like and let it out slow and just just take so take some time for yourself it's like like if you keep if you keep at it and keep at it and keep at it like sometimes you just need to just like just drop it just like walk away 
Like walk away from the argument, walk away from the bills. Like if the bills are spread out on the table, walk away from the bills. Like don't keep just looking at, like take some time and come back to it. Because when you come back to it, you're gonna see it in a different way. You're gonna see the situation in a completely different way. If you're in an argument, sometimes it's not, it's not good to just keep arguing. Take a deep breath, walk off and come back to it. Like in, in any situation, just take a deep breath, walk away, give yourself a chance to regroup and come back. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. Well, again, we could probably chat all day long, but we're not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap up now. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. I'm, I'm sure there's some things that you said, Sh Sunshine, that um, are resonating with our listeners. How can they follow you, support you, get in touch, that kind of thing? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I'm, all, I'm like, dang, this, this time, our, our time is up. Jeez. I know. It's so oh, fast. Good. I feel like I, I, I feel good. I, I, I really, really feel good. And I really hope that, um, that the things that I've said today will help your listeners. Um, they can follow me on Instagram at Sunshine Bella Global. Uh, Sunshine Bella Global on Instagram, as well as Facebook at Sunshine Bella Global. I'm pretty consistent. <laughs> Keep everything the same. Uh, Sunshine Bella Global on Facebook, as well as Sunshine Bella Global on Instagram. Okay, excellent. Yes, we'll have to have you back on and chat some more, just because this was very fun and simple. It felt like the time flew by. I'd um, love to. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank and you. thanks to all of you listening. It is when we talk about the tough stuff that we all get stronger. So whatever you're going through, you've got this. The you 10 years from now is counting on you to keep going. This has been another episode of This Seriously Sucks. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Nina Sossaman Pogue and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. For more resources, or to share your story, or to get a free copy of my book, go to mythis.club. There's a whole club of folks out there who want to help you get through this.